Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. And this week is no different. This week is another first for us, as you will be soon to learn. Our first artist from the Western Hemisphere by way of New Zealand. That's right, folks. We have the one and only Mr. Tim Gibson of Flying Whiteys. He's also creative director over at Garage Project. I say over like it's around the corner. But we came to learn of him through my good friend Nick has been a big supporter of this project and it was really exciting for us to get to talk to somebody from around the world. I mean, it is great. 18 hour time difference. It was really a great opportunity to learn, you know, about what they're doing, his experience, you know, how he got into it and we really just, you know, enjoyed speaking with him. So this is really uh, another first for us, you know, a mini milestone. We've, you know, talk to different folks from around the world now. We've got, you know, London, Canada, U.S., you know, coast to coast, you know, uh, Sweden, New Zealand, and the list is going to continue to grow. And so we're really proud, really excited, and we're just having a great time doing it. And I hope you're uh, enjoying yourself too. So, like I said, my name is AJ. I'm here each and every week. This is episode number 54, Cincuenta y Cuatro. And it is a damn good one. We are back from the lovely mini vacation we got to have down in Cancun, Mexico. And we just had a great time. And it's good to be back. It's still wintertime here stateside. But um, I think actually technically, I was going to say legally, but technically it's, uh, I think it's actually spring now. So that's uh, that's interesting. It's in the 50s today. So it feels nice. But we're just really excited to get this one out to you. I think that it's it's a... really interesting story because Tim has his own company. He also does work with Garage Project. And then on top of that, he, like I said, is a uh, you know, creative director over there and helps to find different artists locally to do some of the work as well. So it's a really kind of an interesting uh, story, interesting perspective on the process. Learn about how his approach is, where he comes from, you know, his background in film, doing his own thing with, uh, with the Whiteys, Flying High. And just really uh, gives an interesting, gives an interesting look. We talk about the dreaded e-word. Also gives some advice for folks who are you know starting out, or maybe if you're, you know, down in Welly, down in Wellington, and you're looking to you know maybe be, or do uh, labels for Garage Project or other you know uh, companies. You just give some advice on on the process. So it's really interesting. Really enjoyed speaking to him. Um, it's amazing. Two people from different parts of the world can just kind of connect and, you know, good times were had, laughs, and look forward, you know, next uh, summer we'll be uh, spending some time in Wellington, traveling around New Zealand, and look forward to hopefully, you know, meeting Tim and the crew over at at Garage Project. If you check out the Instagram, you know, we, you know, mentioned it during the story, but, you know, a few weeks uh, back, actually it's probably a few months back now, we had a kind of international toast up with my good friends Nick and Josh and, and you know Mickey and 
Amy, my wife, you know, all different parts of the, the country and world, and, you know, all were drinking a garage project together. So it was really, um, I don't know, holds a special place for us. And so it was really important for us to, to be able to make this one happen. I want to thank everybody who's been checking us out via the World Wide Web. 16ozcanvas.com is the website. 16ozcanvas on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and wherever else you can find us. We're 16ozcanvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We've, uh, you know, thanks everybody for leaving the, the reviews and the ratings. If you have a second, head on over to iTunes. Uh, that's the, the most popular one. Obviously, we love our Android family, you know, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. Wherever you I I uh, excuse me, wherever you podcast, we will be there and we will be there with you. So we thank you for taking us along with that. You want to find out more information uh, about uh, Tim and his you know his adventures. Obviously you can go to our website, but you can go to um, Garage Project Flying Whiteys. It's flyingwhiteys.com. And then also Garage Project is the the brewery and they're making some great beers, you know, over there. So don't be afraid to check them out. Look forward to it, like I said doing it in 3d uh 2019 so stay tuned for that adventure we are having some great adventures like i said we just got back from cancun what you can do is you're flying abroad or you know check the legal amount of beer you can travel with i know it's going to sound crazy some of the beach resorts you're going for the sun maybe not for you know the the different types of beer they have and i'm always trying you know local brews but it was nice. We, you know, we brought some different beers with us. You know, shared some with our, our friends from around the country, and it was nice. You have a, you know, one or two of your your favorites or, or beers you really like, you know, and then you can dive into the menu on your know, own location or in town. So it's a nice, it's a nice kind of mix. And also, if you're meeting folks from different parts of the country, I know when we went to um, to Amsterdam and you know the Netherlands, we brought some of you know American brews with us, and we're sharing you know Trillium and Treehouse and uh, Hill Farmstead with folks, and it was just really nice because they. Had, only heard about that and so in the same regards you know they were popping stuff out too so i think that um while we are about the art you know i think and building a community i think having a few brews with folks really builds a community it's uh you know nice to share don't be a don't be a hoarder you know obviously we all trade and share beer but take them out have friends over let them explore turn them on to new stuff new types of beer and it's uh it'll be much better so now that when you're holding the beer in your hand, like we say, give it a couple extra seconds. Appreciate that little piece of art uh, before you before you throw it out there. So your fridge is a mini art gallery, and we will have more information about our art gallery show later on in the program or maybe next week. So without further ado, here is the one, the only, Mr. Tim Gibson, Garage Project, Flying Whiteys, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Hello. And welcome to another edition of the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Today, we are excited to have another first for us. Our first guest joining us from the Western Hemisphere, Mr. Tim Gibson. We came to learn of Tim through the work that he has done with Garage Project in Wellington, New Zealand. So very excited about that. Wellington has a warm spot in our hearts. It's uh, our good friend Nick is down there and we will be visiting next year. But for right now, uh, we have Mr. Mr. Gibson with us of Flying Whitey's LTD here. So thank you so much for making the time. Um, 18 hours difference was kind of fun. Good math exercise, trying to figure out each time we proposed different times to each other to make sure that, um, you know, myself knew what I was getting into. And so uh, thanks for making the time today, Tim. No problem. Thanks for having me, AJ. 
Excellent. And like, like I said, uh, we learned about Tim um, through his work with, with Garage Project, which is a, it's a great brewery that we're very lucky to get some distribution here in the States. You know, the beers are, are really excellent. And the beauty of that is to get them here and they're still fresh. But um, once we started doing the, the, the project, you know, really early on, I think probably about nine months ago, we, you know, we, we had your, you know, we found out about you and we reached out through the team and really we've been trying to, 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 to cross you off the list. So really excited to, to make this happen today. Yeah, no problem. We've, um, we've had a, a bit going on ourselves. So sorry for, sorry for dragging the chain. We, uh, we dropped another sprog recently so that through, through some hiccups into the timing schedules. No, you just, no, I, I think that I always say to folks when they, you know, apologize that if you're not so busy, then maybe, you know, I like, maybe we wouldn't be wanting to connect, you know, if you were just <laughs> ready to go tomorrow, then it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't work itself out. So, yeah, yeah. it's true. It was a, we didn't actually drop a kid. It was just an excuse to, you know, <laughs> keep it, keep play, it, keep play it, it hard, you know? yeah, play it cool. Yeah. You got to play it cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, like I said before, you, uh, your company is flyingwhiteys.com, but you know, this is the the fun part where kind of you do the heavy lifting, but kind of what's, uh, you know, you have a really detailed, you know, I think your, your, your imagery is very vivid and powerful, very, you know, very detailed. I, I really love, you know, kind of diving into it and the beauty of, uh, you know, having a huge screen here in the studio is you really can see some of the, you know, the intimate details of some of the, the line work and the shading and everything. And I think it's just really, it's really great. I mean, obviously I think that's one of the great parts about Garage Project, but also, you know, your company, flyingwhiteys.com is the website. You know, what's the, what's the Tim Gibson story? How did you, you know, get into, you know, drawing and illustration? Um, probably started ages ago. I had, um, like a fairly, privileged upbringing i guess my parents both worked in creative fields they had a tv company and um so there was always some sort of expectation that i i would do something creative um the only thing that they said was off the table was uh, that i couldn't be an actor because they dealt with enough actors and they knew you know how hard those guys hit it um but probably like if i'd been a lawyer they would have been disappointed so um um me and my brother always used to do sort of weird drawings and classic i think things that young boys do you know like tanks blowing up stuff and you know you just try to make the tanks look slightly better the the second time than you did the first time oh yeah and you've uh, you've mastered you mastered the vivid the vivid tank so so <laughs> yeah i know i think it's i think that's a great um yeah don't be an actor or you know the fact it's kind of funny yeah, if i told my folks i'd be a lawyer you probably have to be some sort of entertainment or you know uh, somewhat related field uh, lawyer, but yeah, I definitely think it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But I think I think it's important. I, I definitely a lot of the the commonalities. I think that you know, as a parent, you realize how on one side you can kind of fuck your kid up. Excuse my language, but just kind of, but also the encouragement at an early age to kind of have that open book of where life's going to take you. I think is really important to know, you know, pretense. So I think that's amazing that you're you know that from an early age you and your brother knew you know, knew that kind of you could let the creative juices flow. So I think that's, that's mm. awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely, um, I, I think like a lot of people nowadays, I've had a fairly varied path of a career. Um, it definitely wasn't a straight line, you know, studied, um, animation for a long time and worked in, in TV and worked in film for a little while. There's a, Wellington's kind of known for 
um, a really successful film industry um, so that's sort of built on the backs of uh, Peter Jackson and Richard Taylor and a few people like that. So it's a bit of a creative hub already, especially for illustration. Um, and so that was probably one of the early dreams. I think a lot of illustrators down this end of the woods, they um, that's where they pin their hopes, you know, like, oh, I want to work in movies. Um, so that, that, was a, that was a fun little sidetrack that I took for a couple of years. And then after that, you know, once once you sort of decide that, that you're not going to work at, at that company anymore, there's not, <laughs> it's such a big company that there's not a lot of other options in the same field. So I sort of spread the net a little bit wider and started drinking a lot of um, craft beer and, yeah, kind of went, ah, oh, this is one of the few industries that sort of really support illustration anymore you know like the golden age of illustration is, is 60 years deep um since it was you know like a really viable career so i think any industries that are willing to you know build their character on it um you know really exciting for people like me oh, yeah and what i would say to that is that's like I said before, how I found you, um, actually my friend, he, uh, and his, um, partner, they take one of your, um, character development classes and they were, you know, they they were raving about it. So it was really actually, um, that's how he, he works at, um, Wingnut and that's how he, you know, that's how he ended up in, uh, Wellington. And so he was, oh, cool. he's a, yeah, not to, uh, yeah, he's a definitely a, a Tim Gibson fan. He's, uh, before I even started doing the project, he always, you know, would send me some of the, the work that you're doing or just information about, you know, you. So I always try to tie it together how I found out about you. So we'll give a little, you know, plug to my buddy Nick Sedicato, who uh, works at Lucy Place Productions. That's his own little uh, side hustle. So, you know, give some, mm. give a plug there. But yeah, he him and Amy uh, took your class and they were, they were raving about it. I remember we tried to make time to connect again with the time difference is a common theme but we figure out different times and we'll we'll catch up on skype either my morning or his night and vice versa we'll kind of whoever has to do the, go through the trenches the first time the other one will do it on the the next visit so <laughs> yeah 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 most oh, recent yeah that's, yeah it's cool to hear yeah oh yeah so he was excited he was had all these ideas what we should be doing for the episode and i was you know so you know it was uh it was definitely interesting we um like I said, it's it's nice that we get distribution because we are a beer agnostic project, so we we don't always get to try the beer of the artist, and I think that's always kind of weird for some of the artists to. When I say I've never had their beer, but we've um, we have a group of us that are in different parts of the you know country, I guess world, and so we most recently we're all very proud of ourselves. We we all got some garage project. We all have the same uh, beer, and we you know through the technology like this, we're able to you know, drink the same beer together at the same time in three different time zones. So it was really cool. Cool. Well, if it helps your listeners imagine how good the beer is, um, we won the brewery of New Zealand brewery of the year at the industry events. And then at the sort of the, the public drinkers association, um, awards this year. So we're the, the brewers are, um, as good, if not better than the design side of the team. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. The gauntlet is thrown down, but yeah, I definitely, like I said, it usually works out. Um, it's awkward if I've tried the beer and it's not as good as the art. So that's always, the, that's, <laughs> a, that's always, that's always the fear. That's the, that's the power of branding and, you know, and, and labels and art that it can sometimes look super sexy, but then it's not. And yeah, but yeah that's always a, a sort of a backhanded compliment when you work on something and, um, 
people are like, oh, man, that was amazing. It wasn't as good to eat or drink as, as I thought it was going to be. Um, and you're sort of like, well, I'm disappointed it wasn't a complete project, but, you know, like that reflects well on the work that we do. So um, that hasn't happened with Garage Project, but it's, you know, oh, it's yeah. always a risk. <laughs> right, yeah, because I think that the the idea being that your your work and the team's work brings you, you know, you know may bring someone to who hasn't heard about you make that choice. But as much as someone you know, loves your art, they're not gonna they're not gonna keep coming back if they don't like what tastes. And so I think that you have a you know, like you were very complimentary of the brewers, and they'd probably do the you know do the same for you. Is that you know it's kind of has to be you both have to be at that level. You know, you're you're kind of the the first date, and you know has to go really well. And they come back you know based on the beer. And so I think it's. It's really impressive. Like I said, it, it stands up on both sides, and and so that's that, right. Yeah. When I when I pitch new clients about um, you know doing a rebrand or doing some new labels or something, I often describe it as um, when you're out on the sort of the dating scene. You know, it's to be honest with ourselves. It's often how someone looks that makes us walk across the room and introduce ourselves or or make a bit of an effort. But if the if there's nothing there underneath, if there's no spark or there's no, you know, like depth, um, then that's as far as the interaction goes. And we can only really do that, that first part of it, you know, like spark the interest. Um, but you're never really going to have a sort of a, a successful brand or long-term customers unless, you know, the stuff that's on the inside is pulling its weight too. I like that we're on the same page there, Tim. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I, I like the, your analogy sounds a little bit more, has a little more meat to it than mine, but I definitely, I definitely agree. You, you rope them in, and then they gotta, then the brewers got in the beer, got to seal the deal. So it's, it's a yeah, that's right. <laughs> Before the ring gets on it. Yeah, exactly. So, can you tell us a little bit about you know Flying Whiteys? It's you know, uh, like I said, everyone can go to flyingwhiteys.com. I think that's an underwear tidy whiteys reference, but I don't want to get too far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. There's a, it's probably too subtle on the logo, but the the logo is a pair of underwear um yeah the the name's kind of a bit random i've just sort of stuck with it for for better or ill um it was sort of a, a superhero uh, reference i've been into comics for a while and it always sort of amused me the idea that superman chucked his undies on and then went to save the world um so yeah that's 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 where the name came from at least but it's it's you know it's a one-man show um but it's just nice to kind of have a company to sort of bundle everything up and the royal we, nice, right? Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, have nice business cards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but now what is what is doing it, it for? Go on, sir. I've been doing it for quite a while. I think since I moved out of the film industry, um, traveled around a little bit, and then went overseas to Asia for a couple of years. And the the idea was to do um, what in New Zealand we called the big OE, the sort of overseas experience where normally in your 20s you, you cut ties and try and live somewhere overseas. Um, we had that a pretty good crack and then I got appendicitis in the middle of India um, and suddenly the enthusiasm to um, continue on much further sort of dissipated. Yeah, yeah, I could see. That would, that would definitely be a little... Yeah, a little scary. The open-mindedness. Yeah, that was an interesting hospital. And you lived to, to tell about it, yeah. So I think. Yeah. 
I won't derail the entire uh, podcast with the story, but I'd love yeah, the, I would love I would love to hear the story. I mean, I think that would be great. Yeah. So I mean, like, <laughs> if you want to give a kind of a thirty thousand feet elevator version, I would love to, to hear about that. I mean, you literally, yeah. you literally probably have the scars to, to prove that story. So you probably, yeah, when it gets nice. Yeah, yeah. I've um I've compared surgery scars with other people, and um, it's supposed to be these sort of like three tiny incisions, which they had the technology for. But I woke up and it looked more like they'd sort of like had to go with a butcher's, or like a, a blunt butter knife. Um, yeah, this guy's about five inches on my on my six pack abs. Yes, we didn't do. Yeah, we didn't do video because we didn't want to. That's know, right. We didn't want to. You know, we wanted the people to learn about you as an artist and not be, you know, not be, you know, sexify you. So we we, we made that <laughs> conscious choice. Yeah, can't have people distracted. Yeah, exactly. You know, the reverse. We're really trying. Yeah, we're trying to do the opposite of what you do on a, on a normal basis. <laughs> so with with flying whiteies, you know, given you know the kind of multimedia and multifaceted work that you do, is is it majority branding and illustration or do you try to find you know time to kind of get your get your feet into all different stuff you know the end there's some animation work and you know, graphic work is is one of those kind of you know your 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 preferred or kind of your you know your secret favorite um no i kind of like dipping my toes in lots of things and um changing it up um i'm not one of those people who will just deep dive into one you know speciality and just you know work away at that craft um it's probably something i learned from working at weta is that um you know it's it's a we're in the visual effects and sort of design part of things and um i'd be in a room with i don't know like 14 professional character designers and illustrators and they were just so much so much better than i was um and initially that was really exciting because, you know, I could steal lots of little ideas and, you know, borrow their brains and sort of get, you know, so I improved very quickly. But um, I also knew that I was going home creatively exhausted and um, just wanted to watch a movie or um, hang out with my girlfriend and they were going home and doing more drawing and, you know, we'd show up at work the next day and they were like, look at this amazing thing that I did last night for four hours while you were had your feet up. Um, so I kind of felt like I was it was a losing battle to um, to dive deeper into that little hole. And I always sort of enjoyed sort of, you know, doing bits of animation, as you say, and, and comics and storytelling and um, graphic design and, and all that sort of stuff, which is, is perfect for, um, you know, the job that I do for Garage Project because we do hit it from so many different angles. And I think that's one of the things that I quite like about craft beer versus traditional beer designers it's a really integrated piece when it's done right. You know, it's it's often uh, someone does the the typography and the artwork and the layout um, and all the colours. Whereas in a a more sort of like classic big brand kind of beer thing, you know, it's it's gone through four different people and people have analysed it to death. And if there is an illustration on it, half the time it's something that the graphic designers just sort of whipped up who doesn't really have a passion for it. Um, so I kind of feel a bit stale at times, slick but stale. I agree. Yeah, the the pass down the line, and if you were to take your go to that machine or however you want to look at it, but you know, it's kind of you you pass it through, and if you think of like a factory, by the time it comes out, it's definitely you might see. Okay, well, that was theoretically my concept, but that's not where 
that's not where I was planning that to go or, oh, that's my, maybe my font face I chose or, you know, (laughs) layout, right? But it's not, yeah, Yeah. it's never the same. And it's, it's kind of, it's too many uh, chefs in the kitchen, you know, or cooks in the kitchen. Um, I've, yeah, I I like, I love that about the craft beer because it's usually one or two decision makers. A lot of times it's with the folks that are making the brew or the business decision makers and it's, the more, especially the more they have comfort level with folks like yourself, I think it's you know those, the the fine tuning are really kind of uh, you know little little pieces versus kind of like you know just a, a hatchet job, which I, I think is is fairly unique. I think especially because it's still at the end of the day is branding, marketing, and a huge piece of it. But I think once that trust is built, I think that it's you know it's irreplaceable and it's and it's a it's a unique situation because it is it's beer and people love it. And so I think it's, it's really, uh, I think that's, I think it's, I think you're right. I agree with you. Mm. I mean, if you, th- if you think about it from a, from a company perspective, they're taking a huge risk by using sort of independent illustrators to essentially represent, you know, that, that product that they've been dreaming about producing for years and years, you know, it's not like, I imagine how comfortable you would feel if you, got some sort of financial backing and you went to one of these big design companies and you know they pitched you a fifty thousand dollar hundred thousand dollar you know branding package even if you didn't like it you'd feel pretty confident that you know it was going to be generally liked by everybody else but um i mean some of the some of the artwork that we slap on stuff um by me and by other people like it's it's pretty out there um you know and there's heaps of breweries that are doing that you know like it's it's all over the map. I think it's. I think it's really cool. It's, it's sort of like a perfect combination of, um, you know, independent artists and sort of like independent business people. You know. Yeah, because you're making something that's unique, and it's a. Uh, it's you know, right, and I, the, you're both kind of on the same wavelength. And I think to to your point, uh, the more and more I talk to people, I would say probably halfway through, I, I began to really realize that the owners and the business decision makers were really making a conscious choice because to really go that next level, because you can argue that, you know, the, you know, you could say the beer is really the selling point, right. And it's, that's the true art, right. And, you know, right or wrong, whether you agree with that, but the fact that they go the extra mile to have these custom, unique, beautiful, vivid pieces on their cans. And a lot of times, especially even with garage project, you don't necessarily, it doesn't scream, you know, 84 point font right garage project on the can it's it's very subtle you know you can you can find it but and it has that same look I, i'm pretty sure it's the the style is that that same right on the front pane and the, on the bottom kind of third of it but it's not it's not an aggressive in your face you know huge it's it really is saying hey this is about you now look at this piece that's kind of coming out with our beer it's kind of a package you know it's really a full package and i think that that's a real conscious decision and so i i mean I, i've i've had a new you know i'd say the last six months admiration or respect for the the business owners because it's also it's not cheap right and it could be a lot easier just to throw on you know the logo say beer number six ipa boom and if it was good people would probably still buy it you know but it doesn't mm. create a vibe doesn't create a a feeling for a brand it's a really it's a it's really challenged the way I look at you know branding as a concept. Yeah, I think uh, I mean we've really dominated that that space in in beer in New Zealand. Um, you know, if, if if branding is a bell curve, um, you know, and you've got 
very concise brand forward um, packaging at one end, you know, where um, there's a New Zealand example called Max, which I think is, does a, a very fine job of that style, um, where they have a unique bottle shape, they have a unique dye for their labels. Um, each beer has, you know, a, a strong single colour, um, you know, but other things are consistent. You know, there is an illustration, but it's always, you know, around the same size in the same place. Um, and we're probably right at the other end where, you know, one beer is uh, black and white and it's got bunnies having sex, um, you know, and another one is a beautiful silver foil, you know, like high-end paper, um, you know, aged stout that you're going to drop a bomb on. Um, you know, it is, it's, the, the, the brand is almost, um, we're dominating the space by the range of stuff that we're putting out rather than, you know, consistency. Yeah, I agree. And even to to what you just said about little, the little things, that I, I hope that at least what we're doing here is enlightening folks, but just simple things like, you know, better paper stock or, you know, the raised imagery or foil, like these little things that like, it doesn't make the beer taste any better. And what we've been saying, which is also really weird is as great as these pieces of art are, you throw them away. So like, like at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, like I love your work, but I mean, you know, I, I like that there's t-shirts and, you know, different branding and merchandise, but at the end of the day, you have this little, you open your fridge, you have a little mini art gallery, the ones you like and drink, they get thrown out and then, and then you go back to it. So like this limited edition beer that has, you know, raised, you know, raised, uh, you know, gold stock, you know, stock with the special type of font and you can, has a different feel to it. And it's, it's just, it's just it, there's so many little pieces that, that I don't know if people appreciate. So I hope that, you know, that in listening, they, they're starting to, and I always just say, hold that can in your hand that, you know, a couple seconds longer before you throw it out and just realize that, like, there's so many little things that went into that one can that you maybe don't realize. Yeah, we, we have a lot of fun with hiding um, little Easter eggs and oh. and things. Um, so one of, the, one of the first ones I did um, for Garage was a can for Happy Days, which is a New Zealand um, pale ale. And um, sort of a forest scene. It's sort of a slightly retro uh, New Zealand tourism sort of thing where it's idealized and flat colors and everything sort of like beautiful and bushy and, um, you know, like how New Zealand would have been 200 years ago. Um, and the, the, the main sort of face of the can is just like a beautiful mountain in the distance. Um, two guys in sort of deck chairs having a brew in front of a lake. Um, but the sides is sort of like an encompassing um, forest scene and these tiny little creatures that we've sort of hidden in there, you know, some of which are extinct. And, um, you know, the people who, you know, enjoy that beer a lot and they're having their third one, you know, they might sort of turn it over in their hand and go, ah, oh, shit, there's a, you know, there's a wetter or, a, you know, a hooier or a... So there's all that kind of stuff um, that, that we all get pretty... Um, pretty excited about sneaking in some of it's a bit cheekier than that but um yeah, that's all right the, the third or fourth the one PG example yeah right the third or fourth one they're like wait did i just see it? the next day like do you see that and it's like all right, all right buddy <laughs> how many of those did you have last night you know how many uh pernicious weeds did you have last night oh, i had five of those okay well let's let's go to the store and get another one and see how drunk you were last night but yeah 
at least see if we can still find it. Yeah, exactly. And usually you can't. It has like kind of like it's those images, uh, imageries. I think of that movie Mallrats, where like they're looking at the schooner. You know, it's like close your eyes a certain way and it has like come out of you. So yeah, I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's a pretty hilarious book. I have, but it was, it was a while ago. Yeah, it's a scene where these, it's like those dots and you can't see anything. You're supposed to like squint your eyes and I, they never work for me. I'm colorblind, so I don't, I, I think that's my reason why it didn't ever work. Oh uh, yeah, the magic eye things. I can't get them to work either. Yeah, um, never works. We actually did a fresh hot beer that you would like oh. um, called Sea of Green, which is one of those, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, is a Isahara test plates. Yeah, I think you know, that's, yeah, used yeah. to test for color blindness. Um, and the, the concept was that um, when you put the fresh hops into the um, into the fermenter for the dry hopping, it was just sort of like a perfect circle of sort of like green floating hops. Um, so that's sort of the tap badge or the, or the circular piece of artwork. Um, and then inside it, inside the green hops, are some sort of red hops which spell out sea of green. Uh, and of course, anyone who's colorblind can't read the name of the of the beer. Um, yeah. And a whole bunch of people, <laughs> yeah, got it. And a whole bunch of people thought this is ridiculous. And then they didn't get it. And then they found out from someone who could see it. And you know, yeah. Um, I just our pull- founder Joss got got a couple of sort of like angry angry tweets to which he responded, "I'm colorblind. That's that's the gag." Yeah, I just pulled it up, yeah. and I mean, I, only reason I know is because. You tell me, and so the the blank the blank spots for me, I can f- I can figure it out, but I can't natively. I wouldn't if if I would have. Like I think part of my brain is able to fill in the gaps. Like they say, if you spell a bunch of words wrong in a, in a sentence, that you can still make out of it as long as it's like seventy five percent. So, in I yeah. think that my part of my brain that knows what it should be, it helps. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a mate of mine uh, has a shirt that says. Um, it says it's it's one of those tests, and it says "fuck the colorblind," but if you're <laughs> but if you're colorblind, you can't see it. So he's also colorblind, and the only reason you know is because you go to buy the shirt online, and it's in the in the description. And so I, I was, you know, he told me you know a story, and that he was out somewhere, and they're like, "That's kind of really like really rude," you know, like you know, especially nowadays, right? It's so rude. That's so. And he's like, "What do you mean? Like your shirt?" And he's like, "Oh, you don't like my dots?" Like, and they're like, "What do you mean?" He's, he's like. Oh, I love my dots. And they're like, oh, your shirt. And he's like, I don't see that. And it was just like, you know, like they didn't get the irony of like the whole thing. Like he was, he was embracing it. But yeah, I, yeah, I always, I always joke. And if you listen before, you know, those who are listening now, I apologize. But I always joke that I just say that I have, my rods and cones are better than yours. And I probably see colors that you can't even imagine, Tim. Yeah. You can probably smell colors. Yeah. So, Tell us, how did you come to kind of you know team up with Garage Project? How, where was that in the in the Tim Gibson story? Um, so after, after I come back, I recovered from my surgery and um, was sort of settling back into living in Wellington and, and figuring out what it was I was going to do to make some money. Um, and a few of my sort of local illustrator friends had already done some work for Garage Project, um, just to give a sense of how much stuff they do i think like last year we did 16 new beers um on top of you know stuff that we continue to make the year before it was probably like 55 so each one of those has normally a different new zealand artist and they're really you know there really aren't that many new zealand artists like it's a small country so 
um, if you're an illustrator, you know someone who's worked for Garage Project. Um, and I was feeling a little bit put out because I knew lots of people that had worked for Garage Project, but um, I wasn't I wasn't one of them. Um, so I decided to do that thing that they say that designers should always do and none of us do, which is sort of like cold call. Um, so I put together a little portfolio on my iPad and just like literally walked into the brewery um, into the cellar door and sort of like grabbed um, the tallest looking person I could find and said, this is bullshit, you know, why are you hiring all my friends? You should hire me as well. Um, and they sort of got in touch with me the next week with um, a, a really cool sort of set of labels um, where it's two paired beers, um, Umami, Monster and Mecca Hop. And they were going over to Australia for a, a big, um, it's called Gabs, the Great Australian Beer Spectacular. Um, and Garage, I think, had a, had a pretty good reputation there. Um, we're quite good at festivals. We tend to come with something that we haven't done before. Um, you know, it's we, we make festival beers for festivals. So, so it's not just, you know, what you found in the supermarket that week. or And, um, yeah, they're crazy beers. So the Umami Monster is like this completely organic. Um, it's got sort of seawater and kelp and seaweed and all sorts of strange things it's a really sort of a smoky um very strong dark beer and then mecca hop is like the complete opposite which is all sort of like american processed malts and processed hops and nothing organic about it um and so they were sort of pitched as these two kaiju um opposing forces um you know nature versus science um or mutant nature and um, yeah, it was great. It was like the perfect first gig for me. We just kind of completely went to town and we made monster masks that people could like drink in and sort of like pick which was their favorite and have little pretend fights and, you know, fun sort of t-shirts with sort of kaiju breakaways where you could sort of see the innards of these things. And yeah, um, we actually used uh, a guy called Greg Broadmore, um, who's, a, who's a very well-known uh, Wellington illustrator who still works at Weta. Um Actually, he's he's part of that sort of strange magic leap thing down here now, um, making crazy sort of AR video games. But um, he designed he designed the monsters, and they're incredible. And my job was to sort of like re-illustrate them in a in a different style and sort of do all the collateral. And it was yeah, man, it was a it was an epic first gig, um, and we knocked it out of the park. I think. Yeah, the bars set pretty high on those, right? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. It's like now, what? Now, what did they tell you? Why did they? Did they tell you they knew you were in India and they were worried about your operation that you might not be able to, you know, hold up coming back? What, what was? The, what was the? What was the reason they said when does you come in there and say I want to work with you? What did they tell you? Why it just hadn't worked out, or what was this? Had you pitched them before, or was just kind of? No, I, no, I'd, I'd never, I'd never pitched them. It's the first time I'd, first time I'd spoken to them. So yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty effective for cold call. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I'm in uh, my uh, my bill paying job is the uh, which is surprising, right, Tim? That podcasts aren't really a paying a paying gig, but um, that no, that that was um, yeah. I think the cold call is uh, definitely underappreciated, and it's kind of like oh, they should just come to me. And it's like well, if you ask them, they don't know who you are, then boom, there you go. But um, as that, I mean, to me the umami monster versus mecha hop is a it's super first of all it's it's so badass you know it kind of you know plays off of the you know you know godzilla versus the universe type of a vibe but it's really 
these beers and yeah, I've heard of I, ha- I haven't heard of that um, uh, beer festival, but you know, Beervana is one that's uh, you know well known, you know, and one that I, I need to to get to. But just yeah, if you go to you know Flying Whiteys, there's you know there's a whole section that shows you all the collateral and kind of just how kind of how you just ran you, know, you just ran with it, and it's you know the mask I think is kind of the nice finishing touch on that it just seems you know it's it's a per, it's a very fitting way to end it's everyone you know smiling and kind of you know grinning their asses off so i think it's perfect yeah i think people had a great time with those and then you know there were still people posting stuff on twitter and instagram you know sort of a week later because they were going home and playing with their kids with them you know right any anytime you can bring something home that like your kids don't think that you're just on a bender is always good <laughs> Yeah, I've learned that now more than more than ever. But right, even but I'm saying if you go to the website, it's really it's well done because it drives me crazy when people, especially in design, have you know small, you know, very like 300 pixel images, and I'm like, you're working your ass off to make this very detailed, vivid picture, and, and you can't even see it, you know, like. So if you're out there and you have your own website, you're doing design or illustrations, you know, m- maybe have some icons, but make click on them and take up the whole screen or. 75 percent mm. of the screen because you're you're getting down in the, in the trenches and you're you know etching and drawing and sketching and you know let us see that let us appreciate it a little bit more so, so yeah i think especially when you work in packaging because the the print size is often so small um it's such a, a a pleasure to see something that's being sort of blown up to you know or screen printed or you know oh screen printing is like a whole nother monster that i just have the more and more I learn about it, it just blows my mind the amount the go the amount of time goes into that, especially for you know gig posters and it's it's just yeah, it's incredible, so I agree mm. now uh, on a technical side, you know kind of nerd out a little bit, what is your kind of you know your your style or your kind of uh process in terms of what you know tools you're using are you are you sketching are you all digital you know where what's uh you know how do you bring these to life? If I'm doing sort of brand stuff or a range of things, I'll often pull out a pencil um, for a little while. But most of the core illustration work, that's that's all digital and has been for a long time. Um, I think I've always been kind of interested in computers um, and computer gaming, so I've always been fairly comfortable in that sort of world. Um, so probably the last time that I really used you know, with any seriousness, um, natural media would have been studying at university, you know, where they'd make you uh, paint a, a cabbage the size of a, of a bedroom wall, um, you know, but I just, uh, I wouldn't work well for me anymore doing doing traditional stuff, you know, so often you're, you're working with a client and it's just even a, even a small tweak, you know, that that is just two seconds you know if it's a digital file you know could be two hours and and the difference between how you feel about that job and how you're getting on with the client when when what they ask you to do is two seconds versus two hours you know um i think it actually makes quite a big difference to the relationship and you know what you can charge and um in a a positive way um every now and then at garage we'll, we'll work with people who are um you know bloody mindedly um traditional and that's cool you know like that's 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 their that's their shtick or that's what they're into and you know you got to appreciate that but um 
those requesting those small tweaks, you know, you really feel like you're putting them out, um, which is a bit of a bit of a shame, you know. Yeah, I know you. I've I've come to, I've come to realize. I, I've started to see more and more of that. But then I have some folks who just yeah, they, they, that's their process. It's it's uh, it's really it's really been interesting. Yeah, that always I, I love the fact that it's hand drawn. But then when I think about you know going through versions version six or seven, like how you know how, how are they doing that? My hope is that they've found a good balance where the the base sketch is what brings it online and then they then they're comfortable enough to once they've vectorized it to work in an illustrator to then because then if they have to go back to a, a raw copy from scratch it just i mean i think it's beautiful but it, it's a little cringeworthy the amount of time you know that they're, they're spending yeah. in it yeah and uh, you know in, in some ways you know it shows a lot of confidence to just be sort of like this is this is this is the work you know like i have completed the work um you know because uh, I, I work as a creative director for Garage as well, so I'll I'll do you know the odd label now, but um, often it's working with illustrators to sort of um, work work to a brief that we've worked up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's there's nothing as as someone who's worked in commercial art for a while now, there's nothing funnier than getting an email which is sort of like here it is, is you know, and there's this sort of implied full stop to the job and you're like cool well it's a collaborative exercise so um now we're going to break your heart a little bit and ask for you know either minor or major changes and um you know keep keep working on it yeah now there has there how do you decide you because you said you probably you know and first of all the the ones that you have done i think that i mean again i'm not uh local but to me there seems like some of the most you know the more popular ones you know at death from above and uh pernicious weed or two to me from my limited you know uh new zealand background um seem to be some of the more you know popular ones or kind of more well-known imagery and we are back episode number 54 cinquenta y cuatro Senor Tim Gibson, Flying Whiteys, Garage Project, New Zealand, Wellington, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. It's that simple, folks. Really enjoy having the opportunity to speak with Tim. Tim is a really great storyteller. Also, just being somebody who loves language, loves speaking, people from all around the world. One of my favorite things is just kind of different colloquialisms, different you know slang words and just kind of, you know, Speaking to somebody from another part of the world, I mean, it's super self-serving, and it's one of the you know best parts about the project is just meeting folks from around the country and you know be able to say around the world. You know, what started as a crazy idea, we really just kind of keep moving and keep shaking and see what happens. So, if you're checking us out from another part of the world, shoot me an email, aj at one six ozcanvas.com. We have been getting some great recommendations, you know, via the website. You know, different artists you think we should check out. We've even got a few folks who, you know, are trying to get you know get their feet wet, break into you know, the scene. And it's just really exciting. You know, we, we make sure we get back to everybody. And so AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. The hashtag is starting to gain some traction. I'm seeing a little more on the Instagram. 16ozcanvas. Use the hashtag, pound sign, numerical, whatever your thing is. 
we will find you. And like I said, this summer, coming to New Haven, Connecticut, July 14th through the 29th, the Art of Craft Beer. That's the teaser, folks. That's all you're going to get for right now. But we'll have a website up, and we'll have some more information available for you in the coming weeks. Artist announcement, all news, different events. It's going to be great. But we thank you once again for listening every week. We are having a great time. We cannot believe it. We will be celebrating our one-year anniversary in the next probably week to ten days. If you're if you're a religious person, upcoming weekend, uh, I don't know if it's Happy Good Friday, but it's Happy Easter. So hopefully, you know that happens for you, um, or you're just uh, in for the Easter eggs and the candy, whatever it is. Hopefully, you have a, a Happy Easter. Uh, it's always a good time to spend time with friends and family and get together and reflect and just. Uh, you know, appreciate each other. So I appreciate you. I am thankful for you. It's not Thanksgiving, but I just like to let you know that I thank you and I thank you and I thank you because it's cool. We're having a good time and I'm glad to uh, be able to introduce these great individuals from around the world who are you know, doing something unique. And again, like we said before, and we'll say it again, we said in an interview, um, you know, the, the breweries who are making that commitment and really going to take it to the next level as we'll learn about more you know, a back garage project. I mean, their work is extremely, you know, detailed, really unique. You know, standalone. If you go to their website, you can find out more information. You know, they have they have prints. You know, and they just look great. I mean, they really just do a wonderful job. And so it's a you know tip of the cap to everybody there. You know, the the creative director, Mr. You know, Mr. Gibson himself, and just uh, it's really nice to to see that it's it, it's you know, their work is really powerful, and I can see why. You know, it's been so well received and we were, you know, drawn to that. And we're just happy to, you know, to introduce that to you because they do have distribution here in the U.S. Um, it doesn't make it far east, but, you know, if you're out in Cali on the West Coast or you're on the, the beer trading circuit, obviously not on beer trading Reddit anymore. Uh, that got shut down recently, but, um, yeah, check it out. Pernicus Weed, some, some really good ones, also another great... Um, New Zealand beer or brewery is, you know, Yeasty Boys. So the, the New Zealand brewery, uh, brew scene is, is, is solid. And so we look forward to, to reporting back. You know, it's going to be a little while before we get down there, but we will report firsthand. So let's get back into it. This is part two. Tim Gibson, Garage Project, Flying Whiteys, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Salud. How do you decide when you're going to do one or kind of you know get go dip back into it or who the local artist might be that you're going to kind of tap for that is is there what's the process like for that it's definitely i mean it's it's nice to be in the room right because if you see something a, a little bit juicy that's coming down the pipeline you can kind of like snaffle it for yourself um and there's other ones where I, you know i guess like most people uh, working in any sort of creative thing sometimes you just immediately have an idea and even though that's not necessarily you know, the best response um, to immediately, you know, pin on something. It's if you hear something and I've got an idea, I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm chasing that one. Thanks very much. You know, in other jobs, I'm just like, oh, I've got no idea what that is. Um, so I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll keep quiet for a couple of minutes um, and then see if we can think of someone else who would, who would, you know, react to it better. Um, we did one recently for an Australian thing called Boss Level. Um, which is sort of like a super heavy IPA, like double IPA. Um, and uh, Joss, one of the founders, and I are both sort of old 
Game Geeks. Um, so that's just filled with sort of gaming references, and um, that was a lot of fun. I definitely jumped on that one. You know, it's got a robot on it. It's a win. It's got neon lasers and ridiculous swords and that weird sort of Sega grid that sits underneath things and sort of glowing type and yeah I ate that one up for breakfast man that was that was fun you knocked you're like yeah you already had it done before you start you started <laughs> clicking which I think is is amazing I think sometimes I've you know I've come to learn that before the mouse click or the pencil touches a lot of times it's just if you could put a USB in your head you could suck that image right out because you've already like you're already 19 strokes ahead or clicks ahead when you're trying to figure it out. So I just, uh, I love that. I, just, I mean, I love yeah. the process. I think it's such great, it's just yeah. great to and, kind of uh, geek out. We work with enough illustrators now that often you can sort of do that for other people. You know, like I'll see a job coming down and I'll be like, oh, this this person will smash that, you know, like that that to them is their boss level. Like they will, they will, you know, they'll eat it for breakfast and it'll be the best thing ever. Um, we recently did a, a sort of a New Zealand lager called Bliss um, uh, with a guy called Ross Murray, and he he did a fantastic job. So the can is almost like straight graphic design. Um, it's sort of a mm, I don't know what you call it, like a dark New Zealand nostalgia. Um, Bliss in New Zealand is is sort of like a um, a euphemism for for piss, which is a euphemism for just like beer, you know, just like drinking beer drinking bliss um from an old song and um so it's got this sort of this 80s sort of kitsch sort of thing and then we also asked him to do like a limited edition screen print of um the type of uh backyard kind of event where you would imagine people drinking that so it's all this sort of you know torn lawn chairs and um cars up on blocks and uh gumboots at the door and all that kind of stuff it was a lot of fun yeah, if you go to a Garage Project on Instagram, there's a you know some great photos of it, and I think that yeah, it has that really retro kind of feeling, almost like a you know as the the mellow yellow or this very like simple like back in the day look to it. Where which I think well, stuff like that when I say that or I say simple like it, to me like it's not even it's such a shitty word to use for that, but it just it looks so much easier than it is, but cause it's done so well, it's so crisp and it does have that feeling like that kind of like, you know, you're, if we we're rec doing a movie, it'd be like a flashback scene and you just kind of like, you know, run with it. And like you're saying all the imagery really kind of just brings it to life. So I use the word symbol a lot, but I, I do hate using that. So I, I, I apologize to the artist cause I don't mean that's easy to do. I think sometimes making it seem so smooth is the, is the beauty of it. Yeah, I think I think the designer part of his brain would be happy to hear you say simple. Right, exactly. But yeah, that's what I've learned too. It's like, oh, that's so simple and clean. It's like, thank you. And I say it to somebody else, and it's like they they shake that, um, uh, replace that as like a metaphor or for easy. And it's like, dude, no, not even close. I just clean, crisp, you know, vivid, warming. Yeah, that's a perfect. Yeah, you know, and especially the the whole kit, the can. And again, whoever's doing the photographs, you know, credit to them as well. They're they're definitely uh, helping to, you know, bring that imagery to life, which I think is really, mm. I think that's important. Mm. I can't remember who the quote was from originally, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like, I apologize for the length of this letter. I didn't have time to make it shorter, um, which is like a, a fairly good analogy, I think, for the graphic design side of things. Not necessarily illustration, but, you know, it is about removing things at the end of a job sometimes to to clarify a message or a hierarchy or 
you know get something tighter cleaner yeah it's a it's a it's a been a it's been a wonderful experience for for me so when you so who's in those meetings where okay you know we have a new beer coming down the pipe it's you know and then what what is that what is that process like the project management i mean um you know if you obviously you go to flyingwhiteys.com you can see the the creatives that you've put together in the outputs but what is that like that project management of okay this new beer is coming out what what is that meeting like what's what kind of questions are you are you asking or what's being shared with you to help you to decide who that you know who's going to work on that label Mm. Um, often it comes down to there's a, there's a little bit of style consideration, um, but possibly not as much as you would expect. Um, so, Garage was founded by by three guys and and Pete, who's the brewer, and and Joss, who doesn't really have a title, but um, is you know along with Pete, one of the people that makes Garage Project what it is. Um, they do a really good job, you know, before it even gets to um, me and uh, my sort of a- equivalent on the producing side, Matt. Um, they do a really good job at tying a beer concept into a, a, a wider concept or a theme or a, a place or a time. Um, so often they'll come with like an inkling of an idea um, or we have to sort of like work it up on the spot, you know, which is as painful as it as it sounds um you know the 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 classic yes and sort of meeting um so that yeah that can take a while and and it's not it's not always that we sort of nail the idea in the first one um you know it might be that we have to circle back on that idea the following week but because we've got enough stuff going on it never feels too much like hitting your head against a brick wall um and then, you know, it, it depends how tight we think we've got. Like often there will be a, a little bit of um, disagreement about what the best approach is. And so it's then just about sort of trying to clarify that with, with an illustrator and picking someone who's our best guess, you know, at nailing this. Um, and then like we, we've got a bit more, uh, a bit tighter with some of the processes over the last year or so where you know we might ask someone to come up with three concepts based on this name and you know like here's a couple of ideas but you know you're you're more than welcome to you know do an idea do two ideas for us and one idea for you um you know and and throw a curveball at us well i like that it's kind of like we have we're we're stubborn but you know if you want to you can you know tweak and i think i also think that for artists and designers i think that part of it from a commercial standpoint is is understanding you know who your client is and trying to you know i used to always ask everybody what their aesthetic was and i got a lot of like oh that's terrible and so i think in commercial space i've learned that a lot of times the aesthetic is being that that flexible almost like chameleon that it's not necessarily about your style it's about you helping somebody else you know kind of you know it's kind of a it's another form of like collaboration so you're trying to bring their idea to life it might be in a different way than they expected but it's not always mm-hmm. it's not always your stamp like okay this is the tim way this is the tim way and yeah i think that um i think that looking at your portfolio you do a really great job of that i'd say that there's probably um you know both both sort of ends again a bell curve of that kind of approach you know we we work with people who who very much have their style you know that they have honed and worked on and invested in you know and they own you know and they're very proud of that and that's 
you know, if you see some of their work, that's definitely who it is. Um, and so we only go to them when we want that specific thing. Um, there's a guy called T-Way that we use like that. Um, there's a woman called Gina Keel who just did some glassware for us, which is, you know, like another case in point, you see a mural of hers and you'd know exactly, you know, who did it. Um, I'm probably more at, at, at what you were just describing there, like a, a bit more, I call it mercenary, because um, I'm allowed to say that about myself, um, where I'm quite happy to dip my toes into an aesthetic for the purpose of of a brief. You know, if someone says, we want this to look like a piece of Art Nouveau, you know, like, oh, I'll, you know, I, that's super exciting to me. Like, oh, cool, you know, like I'll, I'll deep dive into Art Nouveau for a month, um, you know, or we want it to look like a piece of manga or, um, you know, that's kind of what makes my life interesting. I don't want to just sort of keep doing the same the same thing. That doesn't excite me much personally. Yeah, and I think that the cool part with your your role is that you're in a way, though, because of your as the creative director, is that by when it, you're the funnel. So you're in a, your versus when I say about your versatility and different styles is you're allowed to pick the people who do it. So in a way, you're using, you know, you're, you know that that gentleman does this style and she does this style. But by you picking those, you're kind of making that choice. So it's a, it's a weird, um, I guess, hybrid perspective of that. So, I mean, I think that your mercenary role, obviously for you, but in a way you're also being a mercenary by who you pick because they, <laughs> they, they, they embody the, the, the feeling or the, what, what you, what you want. You wouldn't pick, you know, um, that the, the guy you just, I'm sorry, you just mentioned, I forgot his name to, to do the mural work and you wouldn't have the woman, you know, do his style. So I think in a way it's, 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 you know, it allows you to, still kind of do that but you get to be the kind of okay the the judge and jury on and who's going to do it but it's cool yeah yeah i mean there's some uh, i mean it's always a team decision and there's but it is you're right it's a creative it's it's a minor version creative decision to to pick an illustrator for a for a specific thing you know and there's definitely illustrators that are a good fit and illustrators that aren't um, and it's just about hoping that that person who's a good fit is available. And if they're not, then maybe we need to come up with a different idea, um, you know, and not try a shoehorn, um, you know, something that just isn't isn't a good fit. But then again, like I say, we, we have people um, who are at my end of the spectrum who, you know, we can just throw something at and we just know that, you know, it's going to come back. It's going to be great. And it doesn't matter what it is. Right. I mean, if you look at, right, just again, I'm – I keep the website while we're talking and, and just looking, if you look at boss level, you know, lack of faith, bossa Nova and death from above, like they're all really strong. They're really unique and they really, you know, have this embody a feeling and a, and a story to them, but they're all yours, but they're all different. And I think it's just, I mean, and again, happy days. I, I, sh- I can't believe I didn't count that one, but those are, five six different labels that are all completely different and they all stand alone on their own so i think that's a that's a compliment to your work Mm, thanks yeah i don't really know how to um it's probably one of those things where it's easier for people outside to kind of connect the dots of you know if there are any dots between the different work that i do than it is for me um i think maybe color is probably the only thing that i can really think of that i sort of feel like I've got a pretty good take on that maybe unites a few pieces. Yeah. Now what, um, cause I, I've only had the, the bombers, but what, what, how are these being uh, printed? Are they doing, 
are they wraps or are they are they unique cans how, how do you guys what's the the process there um we're pretty agnostic you know we, we're all over the map with those as well so um, i think early on before i came on board there were some sort of shrink sleeves um and then we were probably one of the first i was freelancing at this point not creative director but um we were probably one of the first uh, craft breweries in New Zealand that sort of pushed into cans um, in a big way. Um, Joss and Pete, I think one of the smartest decisions that they made as, as sort of brewery people is they they travel a lot. You know, they do lots of international trips and um, connecting with you know people at other breweries and sort of building their reputation and doing collaborative projects. Um, and a lot of the good things about that is is they're very on top with you know, what is, what is something worth considering, um, that, that people aren't doing here yet. Cause you know, we are, we're at the end of the world. Um, and some of those options aren't available to us. Um, so no, we do, you know, like high end bottle labels. We do, we have started doing shrink sleeve cans again. Um, lots of printed cans and different form factors, um, which is, a bit of a bit of a head mess they're a pretty funny way of printing it feels like printing something in the 1960s um <laughs> there's a there's a, a great video i think it's on the youtube channel um for a beer we did called hops on point where it's footage of um the can factory where a lot of our cans get done and it's it's hilarious it's this really it's a beautiful refined sort of champagne style pilsner um that was made for the uh, Royal New Zealand Ballet. Um, it's got gold on it and all this kind of stuff. And um, beautiful piece of music plays in the background. And it's just the grimiest looking factory that you've ever seen. You know, just sort of 40 years of ink grime caked on pieces. You know, um, as these cans sort of like twirl and, and pirouette around um, the process. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, no, we do we do all kinds of stuff. Um, we've even done shrink sleeve bottles where the entire bottle is sort of wrapped in a and a piece of plastic and the design goes all the way up the neck and yeah yeah not afraid of trying different things with printing oh i yeah i think that's that's one of the things i definitely noticed because a lot of over here again i can't speak of every brewery but you just you notice some folks you know they have certain styles of the bombers and then a lot of folks over here have gone to the the 16 ounce cans and that's kind of you know, the 16 ounce canvas is the that's kind of why we went with that we noticed that a lot more uh, was was happening um we had kind of a growler crowler revolution and folks were using those mm. and then i think that you know environmentally and there's a multitude of reasons why i think that the 16 ounce can has been way, way better received especially with some of these higher abb veers you know even just the not going from the 22 ounce to the 16 is you know it's been I think it's been good on people's uh, social dynamics to not have to crush, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize it, but that six ounces is a, is a huge difference. And so going, you know, going through all the different stuff and um, I've noticed, you know, and then the one that stood out to me, and again, I could go kind of each one, all the, which I love is they all are all unique pieces is the, is the bounty and, you know, all that extra work, I think with the, you know, the bottle wrap and, you know, the map and whatnot. I just think that it's really, I don't know. I just I, I appreciate that because it's not necessary, um, but it really just shows a <laughs> it shows it yeah. shows it shows a commitment. And I, yeah, I don't mean to minimize, but I think that just shows that what you know, you're saying with you know with, with the you know the owners and the founders, you know what their their commitment is and trying to push the envelope. When I think that 
that again with my limited knowledge that you know you, especially with the awards most recently won that there are you know the top if not you know we'll say top two or three in new zealand you know that you know pete joss and ian are really making a commitment to you know to keep evolving and keep it con you know keep it unique and i think that's really uh that's really something that should be applauded and so i think that it's really nice to that you're that you know dr helping to, to drive that yeah it's, it's been lots of fun working with those guys i mean there's not there's not many people that you you can go to and be like hey i think i think we should spend more and you know put an emboss on this and like gold foil it and wrap it up by hand and then burn the top with a bunsen burner um that must, that must have been fun that must have been fun though <laughs> it was actually it was the first time that normally i'm I'm always pushing for that stuff, and then it's just you know like at what point do they tell me to stop? It was the first time I think that that Pete the Brewer had told me to stop was when I was like, and then we need to hand burn the top of each one of these wraps. Um, I was kind of surprised. I thought he was kind of going to be into it. Um, so I went and I spoke to the to the packaging guy just sort of quietly, and I was like, hey, look, I think it would be really cool if we burnt the top of these after we wrapped them because you know it's like it's just it's a treasure map, you know, and I used to make treasure maps when I was a kid and you'd spill coffee on them and like grind them up and like singe a little bit. And he was like, man, that is really cool. And so he sort of, he, he snuck off quietly and sort of did some tests um, and apparently almost burnt the brewery down. Uh, and then came back the next week and he was like, I convinced Pete to do it. It's all on. It's all happening. So there's always a way. Yeah. Well done. Now, you know, what, now, so each one obviously was unique because the burn, you know, the burn. And what was the, what was the process for that? Was it kind of just, you know, I mean, who doesn't like to play with fire? You know, if you're listening, oh, you know, if you're a children, you, you're listening. I'm just kidding. No one, no adult would like to play with fire. It's not safe. But right, anyway, <laughs> we just hired a bunch of toddlers and you know gave them some matches and and some alcohol and yeah, let them to it for a couple oh, of days. Oh, and... different. They have different child labor laws down there. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they were they were our children, so I think it's probably legit. Excellent. Okay, I have two more, and then I mean, I, the good thing is, um, I look forward to to coming to visit and bothering you in, in person. But I could, I think we could go all day. And you're we're, uh, you know, we're in, you're in the future. I have to make that joke once every time I talk to my friend in New Zealand. You're in the future, and I'm in the past. So hopefully, the future is um, is bright. You know, you're 18 hours ahead. So. Yeah, we can tell you whether or not to invest in Bitcoin today or not. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah. Let, yeah, let me know. We'll take that sidebar because who knows? It's such a volatile market, you know. By the time somebody listens to this, they might, you know, they, they might, you know, it's already peaked. So, so I, what I like about your story is that, you know, you went in, the, you went in there and you kind of gave the, the hard pitch of, you know, I want to I be one of your artists. What kind of advice would you give to somebody either starting their own business or on a more kind of granular level who would like to maybe be considered you know, part of the, you know, the garage project, you know, tool, you know, um, artist, you know, kind of uh, crew. Yeah, probably it's, it's back to that analogy of, of meeting someone, you know, that you want to fall in love with, I guess it's, you got to have the art has to be, you know, at a, at a level that's, going to spark some interest you know it has to be professional or interesting or both um and that often gets our attention and probably you know like a lot of um clients 
potential clients' attention. But it's long term; it always comes down to the relationship and the professionalism and the and the respect for you know timelines and and the process. Um, that's often a. I mean, I I imagine I would have been pretty bad at that when I started. I think maybe that's just through sheer sort of experience and making those mistakes and, you know, getting called on it occasionally and then sort of slowly coming to coming to understand how, how important that is, you know, to work. Um, I mean, I remember the, the first time I hired someone, like as a, as a, as a 20 something year old guy, you know, they never hired a tradesman before. And that was, that was almost like the best lesson in freelancing I'd ever had was just like suddenly it was my money and, you know, I'd never spent this much money on a, on a human being to do something that I wanted them to do before, you know, and, and, you know, if they showed up late or if they were unclear with their like emails or unclear about how much it would cost or, you know, like the, the tension, you know, that that would cause unnecessarily. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like if I ran a university, that would that would be a big part of it. Is like, I keep I keep thinking how how could you teach this to to you know like young professionals? The only thing I can think is that like you run a course and it's like five hundred dollars and that everyone has to show up with five hundred dollars and then they have to give it to someone else in that class, and that person has to give them value for money in like an appropriate timely fashion, and then just watch as they sort of like slowly scratch each other to death. Um, you know, and they realize that, oh man, I wish I'd hired that person because that person looked like they just did a great job and they were finished on time and I can tell that that client's super happy and I ended up with this, you know, this belligerent, you know, person who you know, who just faffed me around, you know. I agree. And I think that it's, and I never thought that and the story that continues to come up. There's one, one of our early episodes, uh, is a gentleman from Virginia, uh, Matt Leacher, and he, he runs his own business. Um, and, but he's also uh, a teacher at one of the local universities. And it didn't hit me until many months later that the class that he teaches, he teaches the business of design, you know, graphic design and illustration like things like how to put together an invoice and how to put together a timeline and project management and all these, you know, even I I think they do some pitch work. And so Mm. to me, I've kind of learned that, okay, you could be like, if I say, okay, can you draw me a a sunset? It's the most beautiful sunset, but you're telling me it's going to take you six weeks and I have a project that's doing two weeks. Like you're, beautiful work and the vividness and detail is going to be wasted because I won't pick you because I can't wait six weeks when I have a tangible, you know, deadline. So all these little things that just, they're not about, they're not about the drawing or the, the, you know, the, the renderings. It's really, it's, yeah, it's, I, I've actually, I've reached out to him and we've kind of discussed it and I think it would be a great like online kind of thing, you know, is people to, see that and realize, you know, okay, this is what I have to do. This is how I do my taxes. This is, you know, how I charge people and how I put together a proposal for them. So they take me seriously. And, you know, obviously the, the most common thing that, you know, artists, illustrators, designers see is, 
you know, the, oh, if you work on this for me and, you know, you get paid, you know, pennies, uh, which is, what's the, what's the New Zealand equivalent of a penny? <laughs> I would need to put that into Google. Um, well, pennies like our lowest form. Much. Of, it's like, it's like one hundredth of a dollar. Like it's like our lowest like form of. Uh, I think we stripped those out of our yeah. um, financial yeah. system a while ago. Uh, we, I, we don't even go that low. I don't think so either. Yeah. When, when, uh, when our friends came, when our friends came to visit, they brought the coins you know, for my my boys, and they were just you know they still have it with their their beautiful uh, New Zealand blacks uh, wallet that they keep in their room. But yeah, it's yeah. like it's just kind of like oh well, you get all this great exposure for all your work, and it's like well, you know, it's basically I find that musicians and artists get you know get kind of a. Uh, circumvented in in the payment process it's this great opportunity which to me means it's gonna either have a lot of people see it or go to it or experience it so there has to be some some form of money being transferred and so i always find it i always find it interesting that you know the the, the visual piece is always or the yeah it's like oh yeah well, if you there's gonna a lot of people are gonna see it like i don't, I don't it's, it's kind of funny and yeah. so i think that yeah. i think to um I think the teaching aspect of it would be interesting because it's something I never thought was part of it. I was always just like, well, if they can draw, like people are just going to find them. It's like, well, no, there's a lot of people that can draw. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think the, um, the exposure thing and, and artists not getting their, their fair shake is, um, a long-term continual issue. I think it's, um, yeah, it's worldwide. Cause apparently, yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone I've, Everyone I talk to says if I can, like you, your Bitcoin comment, like once exposure gets put on the uh, the cryptocurrency market, I think artists will uh, be able to finally, you know, they'll be millionaires, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't do a lot of teaching stuff, but every now and then I get asked to um, talk to a, a group of students or, or run a course like your friend did. Um, and if there's anyone young there and they come up and they ask for sort of advice at the end it's normally sort of like be wary of anyone who uses the e-word um the exposure word yeah i think that get, i think that everyone, get ready to run yeah everyone listening if someone promised you exposure you know there's probably a bunch of other you know short letter words we can tell them to to do but yeah definitely you know yeah you get your feet wet early on maybe try it if you have the time to understand a project management or working for somebody else because i do think that's important to work for somebody else and you know, you're not always going to be right. But I also the E word, which I'm going to start using that now. So that'll, that'll be your, that'll be your, uh, your hallmark or your stamp on the, on the, the project here. I'm going to use the E word from now on and see if folks know what I'm talking about. One penny every time. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Well, Hey, you don't even have those. So it's going to take me a, so many of those for me to, for me to, you know, transfer that to a, a New Zealand, New Zealand currency. So yeah, you don't, you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just doing a Bitcoin, bro. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, damn it. Oh, cool. Uh, and lastly, uh, this is one of my favorites, and I hope it'll be interesting. Um, is when you're creating, do you have certain music, or you know, what's the what's the scene like? Are you you know, are you a peaceful kind of no music person, or do you have certain artists or styles of music you're listening to when you create? Um, I learned a pretty bad habit when I worked in the film industry because um, I don't know whether it's just sort of like it's such a tiki, a, a, a geeky, techy kind of thing, but everyone, you have to have two screens, like minimum, you know, um, which is fine when you're actually like really head down productive. Um, 
but I, I go into town to garage like once or twice a week and the rest of the time I work from home. Um, and so that second screen is often, you know, some weird uh, like grey water recycling uh, tutorial on YouTube or, <laughs> um, you know, stereo components or homebrew, um, you know, thermometer uh, tutorials. Um, but I do like it depending if, if I'm sort of like really amped to get a project done, um, like a specific label, I'll, I'll make a little Spotify playlist and find stuff specifically for that. Um, so like for boss level, they have this sort of um, 80s inspired sort of techno game music with sort of stuff stripped from old um, game soundtracks. and. Um, oh, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It gets, gets the energy going, gets you in the right headspace. Well, I would like it if, if you have the if you can, if you'd share that with me, because just a geeky thing we do is we try to really customize each episode to you and we have your, you know, your music or the bands you listen to. And so, um, it'll be a surprise for the folks who are listening if they can, you know, guess what the, the three beds are in the background. But yeah, if you have a playlist of eighties games, I mean, as I think I'm older than you, but if, if I'm, if I'm not, then I'll be even more happy about it. But, um, that would be, <laughs> Yeah, I'll be forty in November, so I, you don't have to disclose. Yeah. But if you, yeah, if you share that, I would love to. I would love to check it out, and we would include some of those um, in the background of uh, the interview. Yeah, no problem. All right, mate. Um, that's. I guess that's a wrap. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really appreciate you, you know, making the time. And um, like I said, I will be coming there. You know, so we'll have to wait to have our. 3d beers but I, I look forward to coming to visit and um i just really appreciate you making the time i think that your story is really you know unique and insightful and it's just nice to especially during our weird time here in this country it's just really i think important to connect with uh folks from around the world and just kind of uh, have a shared experience and i think hopefully we do have some folks who you know are coming from different parts of our country and get your beer and so i think it'd be even cooler just to have folks appreciate you know that you know brewery that they don't really know much about or, or learning about and um yeah so just that's my w very winded version of a thank you so thank you <laughs> appreciate it thanks for um thanks for having me aj it was nice to talk to you all right cheers mate and i'll uh i'll probably go live in about three weeks maybe or so and so um i'll definitely uh keep you updated but like i said you know thanks so much tim it was a pleasure no problem cheers And there we have it, folks. The essential Tim Gibbs interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas. I want to thank Tim once again for making, making the time to be a part of this project. You know, thank Flying Whiteys. Thank Garage Project. Thank you, the listener. You know, big thanks to you know, Nick and Amy, my dear friends in Wellington, New Zealand. We will be hopefully spending time together in the States this summer, but more importantly, Looking forward to, you know, visiting in 2019. One thing that we're trying to do here, and we've been really lucky, and we can be a little repetitive, is, you know, we're building a community week by week, you know, listener by listener, and we really feel that that's really kind of coming to fruition. You know, we have been checking the stats a little bit lately, and it's kind of, it's kind of growing, and just even the simple things, like we mentioned, you know, in the last segment, folks using the hashtag, it's really kind of you know taken off. We've decided we don't really we don't use the um, the beer porn hashtag. Uh, I don't know it. It just kind of annoys me or bothers me a little bit. I just think it's a little little cheesy. 
So, you know, we have uh, made a conscious effort not to, to use that. We've, you know, tried to just do our own thing and support the artists and designers who've, uh, you know, been part of it. And there's some great artists out there. We're still trying to track you down. You know, got Colin from Prairie, you know, Evan from Hudson Valley, you know, Keith from McKellar. There's a few folks out there. We'll, we'll eventually, you know, we'll get there. But we're just having a good time, you know, week by week, doing our part to introduce you, you know, realizing the great artists out there, the great designers, all the work that goes into it, the process. Hopefully you learn something if you, you know, if you're a listener for that reason. I think the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well. And I think that allows you to see that anything's possible. We're not saying you're going to be rich and famous. You know, if you want to, if you think being on the podcast is a, is a, is a life a career moment, then we're excited to, to find you and get you on here. But I think that what I'm learning is folks are taking chances and they're doing things that are fulfilling and that allow them to get their creative juices and do things, you know, stirred, you know, get and just get the things that they love into action and have that outlet. And while it's great to work for somebody else, and I think it's definitely important, you know, I love my day job, but, you know, this is my creative outlet. I think it's really, really important to, you know, be true to yourself and, you know, you know, follow that. You know, some folks work well on a team, some go out on their own. But, you know, one of the, the key aspects, you know, if we're doing a, a pie chart, would be the entrepreneurial spirit. Or as we, you know, we're really trying hard to entrepreneurial spirit. But it's just really important. I think that these stories here are encouraging. You know, people are working hard. They're taking chances. They're doing what they love. And they're doing it well. And so we're continuing each week to introduce you to new folks. And this is season five. You know, season six is, is lined up. And we're you know, looking to finalize season seven. So we're not stopping. Hopefully you won't stop listening. You know, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Like I said, thanks again to Tim. Flying Whitey's Garage Project. Our first and maybe, you know, one of many artists, you know, from, a, from the Western Hemisphere. But, we'll, you know, wherever you are, we'll find you. So... Tag us, email us, let us know what you think. Let us know who we should be featuring. Maybe it's you. Until next week, folks. Cheers.